Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to thrive by. Wow, we are in countdown stage. Mr. Benny, how are you today? Doing well. What do you mean by countdown stage? I'm telling you, Benny, I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous. Is this have a secret? Ever, are we allowed to give this on the air? Is this a secret? No, we can talk about it. Oh, okay, it. okay. How many years have you known me? Oh, long enough. A long time, right? <laughs> I mean, I bet you can count on one hand, um, the times that I've been nervous about doing something. Oh, right? yeah, that's that's rare. I know, I know. So, OneTheEvent.org, countdown. Do you want to hear what it is? Do it. You ready? Oh, yeah. Four days, five hours, 40 minutes, 56, 55, 54, 53, <laughs> 52. Do you have one of those light clocks that's actually counting it down for you? It's on the website. Well, that there you go. It's on onetheevent.org uh, website. Cool. Onetheevent.org. Now, when this was saying uh, 20 days, uh, then even 15 days, then even 12 days, somehow we went from 12 to 4. Hmm. So, yes, I am a little nervous but at the same time I'm really stoked about this. This is kind of, this is amazing. And you know, Benny, Starting in Seattle, but being broadcast worldwide. What do you think of that? I think it's awesome. I know. I know. And right up front to talk with us about this is Andrea Brennicki. Restorative Circles, Seattle civil rights lawyer, restorative circles practitioner, Andrea Brennicki joining me here today. I got to chat with her for a bit as we run into each other in some of the, the places we hang out. Restorative Circles, what does that mean? Well, she is here to talk to us about what a a restorative circle and adjustive initiative is. I so love that somebody is taking this on. Because, you know, in my path in life, my career path, I thought, "Uh, maybe I feel like I'm going to be a lawyer. But then that did not happen. She is passionate. More importantly, she's passionate about how justice and the role it plays in her life sort of sets the direction for her soul as well as the incredible work she does in the world. You know, what does this mean when you hear about somebody that challenges gender, race, disability, age, and sexual orientation, harassment, and discrimination? Now, I will tell you that Linda is probably listening to this show. And Linda was, of course, the executive director of... uh, of the diversity organization in the phone company. So this is a topic that's near and dear to her heart. But when we think about this idea of discrimination and misconduct and so forth, and to have somebody as Ms. Brennicki, who is so passionate 
about looking into some of these legal conflicts, trying to find out a way to negotiate it, and taking us to the place of restorative circles, I will tell you, this is groundbreaking. She is a graduate of Harvard Law School. We're going to hear a little bit about that. So when she was graduating law school in 1992, I was standing up for not putting, uh, implementing a downsizing initiative in the phone company as the a director of a human resources. So as this this amazing individual is looking at what it means to graduate from Harvard Law School and getting out into the world, it's interesting in that same point in time, I was saying no to firing somebody one month away from pension. So get ready for this show, folks, because my very special guest today is not only someone that understands what it means to stand up, but what it means to take a stand. She is also one of the uh, amazing, prestigious speakers that is going to speak at the upcoming One the Event Saturday. You're going to find out about this in a minute. September 10th, 5 p.m., Mary Gates Hall. Listen, all of these events, all of these talks are free. This talk is at the University of Washington, as are all of the events for 9-9 and 9-10, ending up on 9-11 at Memorial Stadium. Um, Andrea, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So here you are, 1992, and you're graduating, right? Top of the class, Harvard Law School. Did you have this plan that you were going to step into becoming this kind of spokesperson that you are? Well, I don't know about a spokesperson. I knew that I wanted to work in real-life situations to help real people in need and to create opportunities for people where doors were being shut. So I knew pretty well what it was like to be a lawyer. I had done a little of that. I had done some legal assistant work before law school. I knew that the litigation process wasn't always pretty, but I also knew how important it was that people stand up for the civil rights that we've worked so hard to ensure and that we make them a reality in our society. Well, you know, it, we've come full circle. Let's just take a snapshot in time, right? 1992, let's look at this year, uh, uh, 2011, moving into 2012, right? So... In 1992, you could almost probably, a a gazillion people did not hear the word transgender. Let's just start there. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, on all the pop culture, what do we want to call them, Benny? Pop culture uh, shows, e-news, and all of these other shows, they announced the first transgender participant in Dancing with the Stars. Uh So I want to ask you. Do you consider that progress in the world that you live in? Uh, and if so, are we there yet? So, yeah, that's progress because we are, ex- we are allowing uh, an expansion of concepts and um, boxes, if you will. Unfortunately, the way a lot of us view the world is through identity boxes, whether it's gender or race or ability, disability, religion. And many people don't actually view themselves through the same eyes of those limitations, those limited stereotypes. So to the extent that sexual orientation um, and transgender and other aspects of gender identity have become um, 
much more understood and accepted as normal. Um, that is a huge, huge step in the right direction in terms of people being able to express freely who they are in this world. Um, there are many transgender people who still have difficulty with the label transgender because some transgender, quote-unquote, people are not transitioning to anything. It's just who they are. But it's a step in the right direction because it at least acknowledges people who um, are different than what we might typically think of as the uh, as the norm or the um, majority uh, orientation. So I want to ask you. Thank you for that answer. Uh, my gosh, I, I could tell. I, I could tell you are super passionate about what you do. I love this. Let's talk about restorative circles and justice and local restorative circles and the justice initiative. Because a lot of folks listening to the show, this is probably a new term for them. Uh, I'd love for you to tell our uh, amazing audience what are restorative circles. Okay. Well, restorative circles are actually a restorative justice practice that were developed uh, by a man named Dominic Barter in Brazil. He's a Brit by birth, but has been living in Brazil for the last 15 years. And it's a practice that really stands in the long tradition of indigenous peoples around the world. Um, circles are a way of people gathering um, both in sort of the Native American communities and the Maori or New Zealand communities in Hawaii for forgiveness. It's a, it's, there's something that's very, very, um, core to the human experience of when there's conflict to gather in circles. So the process is one that somehow resonates with that experience that is uh, that has arisen throughout the generations and throughout different parts of the world. It's also a practice that stands on the shoulders of uh, Marshall Rosenberg and insights from nonviolent communication. But what it is is a way of bringing people together to engage conflict um, that in a way that builds community and that deepens relationships and that is effective and that focuses truly on the needs and the problems that arise and not on looking backwards at what happened and who was to blame for it and how we can prove it, which so much of our time in the current litigation system is wasted on. Mm. You know, I, I love this idea and I love the idea of the circle uh, and it has, it has significance. You, you know, part of this is looking at you and the role you play, not just locally, but certainly uh, at this upcoming one, the event. Tell us a, a little bit. Uh, well, let's take a short break. When we come back, you know, Andrea, I'd love for you to tell folks about what you're going to be speaking about and what the invitation is for people, how they can get involved. You know, what is there for us to learn about this that is so amazing? And also... Why is the time for all of this now? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show, my very special guest, everybody. You're not going to want to miss her her talk uh, this weekend. Andrea Brennecke, we'll be right back. Imagine you had a way to protect yourself from cancer, depression, disease, and dispel the nastiest bugs that attempt to hide undetected. Take a moment to wonder, how does that feel? How powerful? Did you know that enough golden sunlight produces vitamin D in your body to protect itself against disease? Producing enough vitamin D can kill cancer, even help with weight loss. 
this amazing little vitamin is actually not a vitamin at all, but a powerhouse of protection that can activate your body's innate healing ability, but only if you have enough in your blood to shine the light. Tune in to award-winning author Dr. Lucinda Messer as she shares how you can harness the power of sunlight to create a healthy body and mind. Her book, Powerful Medicine, Vitamin D, Shedding Light on a Worldwide Health Crisis, is like having a vitamin D expert on hand to answer all your health questions. For more information, visit PowerfulD.com. Hi, Katya here from Urban Wellness, your local herb shop, with your herbal tip of the week. Lavender essential oil, a must-have for your home and first aid kit. Lavender is one of the most versatile and safest oils to use. Apply directly to bug bites, bee stings, and heat burns to help with pain, swelling, itching, and to promote tissue regeneration and repair. Dilute and apply to temples and inhale or add to baths and massage oils for headaches and for general stress relief. Thanks for tuning in to my herbal tip of the week. Come see us at 103 Lake Street South in Kirkland, Washington, or online at urbanwellness.net. Integrative Dentistry provides a broad range of holistic dental services by using healthy materials, whole body understanding, and quality care. Dr. Mitch Martyr focuses on natural dentistry by combining alternative treatments with conventional procedures. He has done extensive research and continuing studies in a broad range of allied fields, including TMJ and pain treatment, orthodontics, periodontology, mercury removal, toxicology, nutrition, herbal medicine, acupuncture, massage, craniosacral, and homeopathy. Call for an appointment or free consultation at 206-367-6453. That's 206-367-6453. And visit MitchMartyrDDS.com. That's MitchMartyrDDS.com. If you or anyone you love has a degenerative or bulging disc, you need to know the doctors at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate. For bulging discs at the back and neck, they use the DRX-9000 Spinal Decompression Machine. It gently creates negative pressure on the specific degenerated disc that allows the body to naturally repair itself. No drugs and no surgery. The website is bellevue.wellness1.net to learn more about spinal decompression at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate. That's bellevue.wellness1.net. Welcome back, everyone. I got to tell you, Benny. I feel like I'm living a teenage dream right now. I am, I am taken so back to what it was like growing up in the 60s and 70s and absolutely being fearless about taking a stand for something. And I, somehow along the way, I think I got in that corporate job, you know what I'm saying, got paid the big bucks and so forth and so on, kind of forgot who I was. And thank you, Spirit, for ending that job for me. And helping me get back to what is real. And let me tell you about real. Real is uh, my guest uh, joining me here today, Andrea Berenike. And she has a phenomenal, a phenomenal talk that she's doing Saturday, September 10th, 5 p.m., University of Washington, Mary Gates Hall. Local Restorative Justice uh, Circles and Justice Initiative. Now, let me just tell everybody, OneTheEvent.org, Friday, Saturday, University of Washington, Sunday, Seattle Center and Memorial Stadium. Everything is free. You will have to get a ticket for Memorial Stadium, but it is free. There's no surcharge. There's no shipping. There's no. This is free thanks to Eric Lawyer and a village of people. 
Uh, Andrea, thank you for joining us here today. I, I would love for you to talk a little bit about what you're going to be speaking about and how this all fits in to the bigger picture of One the Event. Okay. So with regard to One the Event, there's an overarching theme of turning fear to love. And we're looking at this in all of these different sectors of how we make up the human experience. My sector is the justice sector. That's where I have devoted my life's work. And in my work, what I've noticed is that while I am absolutely devoted to my clients and to the causes and to the outcomes that I achieve, often the existing process has many, many downfalls, a lot of costs, a lot of pain, a lot of time. And while it's very important to preserve that process and to make it stronger, the question arises sometimes, is there a better way? Is there a different way? Is there a more effective way where people can come together to engage these painful, painful conflicts in a way that can create resolution and not tear people apart, not turn their lives upside down and not destroy relationships? So restorative circles is one of those practices that I'm just excited about because it's simple. It could be used by any organization or family or community. And what we're doing is we're proposing a pilot project in the city of Seattle that uses restorative circles as a framework for city departments, county departments, community groups, organizations to learn how do we engage conflict when one exists. How do we do that productively and do it together, and how do we co-create the future that we want to we want to experience, and the kind of community where we really share power and take responsibility for everyone and for the outcomes we want to see? This is really a great conversation, and I know I started this out by pointing out um, information around. Uh, 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 Chaz Bono, who is, uh, in fact, you know, uh, the reference I made to transgender and dancing with the stars. But at some level, we still need to come together, don't we? I mean, I mean, wouldn't we like to see our government be referred to as circles at some level? I mean, what went on recently that hit the media, that hit the world, and, you know, the kind of dialogue we saw here recently in government doesn't really quite represent the theme of circles that you're talking about. How do we go from where we are as a society to, to this place where we can have in, inviting educational conversations, even if we don't agree? Well, part of it is creating a system where people know that this is a way to engage conflict. And so people are familiar with and feel like they are empowered to have that conversation. Our typical, you know, forums where um, an issue arises and people talk at one another and there's no opportunity for collaboration, it's frustrating for everyone, those inofficial positions of power as well as the community. We had a great experience, actually, in a very devastating set of circumstances using those circles. And maybe I'll share a bit about that for you so you can get an idea of what is possible. Um, our office represented the family of the late John T. Williams, who was a First Nations wood carver who was shot by a Seattle police officer on August 30th of 2010. And in the immediate aftermath of that, there was a lot of tension between the family, the community, and the police department, a lot of distrust and increased scrutiny and surveillance. We were very concerned about the situation escalating into violence. Um, and the family, um, Rick Williams, the surviving brother, was a steadfast 
supporter of a peaceful way through this and a, a way of honoring his brother. So what we did was we offered to have a restorative circle with the police department, the chief and the command staff, members of the community and members of the family. And we held that just two weeks after that shooting. And we did, while we didn't discuss the shooting, we discussed some of these other events that were happening. And through that process, there was a deepening of relationship, a sharing of understanding of what it's like to be a police officer, but more importantly, what it's like to be a Native American carver working on the streets and engaged in this process. And there were some agreements made about how to better work together toward the common good of Seattle, where everyone is safe and everyone is represented um, um, as important citizens in terms of policing and in terms of um, being part of this dynamic community fabric. Um, we had follow-up circles, um, and through the very difficult legal process that followed, including an inquest and a decision not to criminally prosecute and then a civil rights claim, these relationships that we established in that circle really created a bond that allowed us to quickly and and meaningfully uh, maintain a connection and maintain um, relationships so that the civil rights action, for instance, we never even filed a lawsuit. We simply resolved it for the benefit of the city, for the benefit of the family, for the benefit of the community. Um, when the decision not to prosecute happened, at least we knew that the police department was holding this individual accountable for having um, violated the policies and practices of the department and that that was important within the department moving forward that they enforce the um, strategies that are respectful of the Native American community. So I see that, that from that experience we have some success and, and we can build upon that success. So when there are other conflicts in the community, people will know like calling 911, they can call 111 and have a facilitated process whereby every member who's impacted by conflict can come together in a safe process to explore the meaning of what happened to um, consider responsibility and the needs that came from that circumstance, what generated that problem to begin with, and then to create a solution and an action plan to move forward to address those problems. So we're focusing on the needs that are unmet and the relationships and restoring the sense of well-being in the community. And then we will do follow-ups to say, is that working? Is it not working? Do new agreements need to be made? That's the vision we have, is that Seattle create a, a restorative justice practice using restorative circles so that we have that kind of meaningful dialogue whenever we need it, wherever we need it. You know, this is really the the beginning of something epic, really, when we think about it, because we're talking about dialogue and we're talking about it in a way that doesn't leave anyone out. You know what I'm saying? You know, what you've just described, Andrea, is sort of a... Uh, we, we see it as new, but yet this is kind of an ancient, um, an ancient way of doing things, isn't it? It truly is, and it's a lot more holistic in the sense that in our in our current justice system, we get really caught into labels of the the criminal or the perpetrator and the victim, and really often the victim doesn't you know quote unquote victim doesn't even have a role if there's a criminal process in that process much much more than being a witness. A lot of their needs aren't met. What we're doing here with a restorative system is to say, you know, these incidents, these acts, these events, they are super important. These are very painful and um, life-changing events. 
and yet we can approach them in a different way where not only the person who did the thing or authored the act, but also the person who received it, and all of the other members of the conflict community who have observed it, who have been impacted, who have have felt their sense of well-being shattered by what they observed, all of those people have a role in coming together because we all create conditions in which things, these things happen, and we all create the solutions to moving forward so the community is stronger and so that people's needs are met. It is ancient in many ways, and what it reflects is that we are all in this together. Everyone who's part of a conflict community is in for the solution, and it's a beautiful idea, really, because then you get also the solutions and the wisdom of all the people around the circle. No one person can come up with solutions like we can collectively, and by really hearing each other and slowing down enough to understand the significance of what happened and what the needs are, and then using the generative power of community and individual insights to create an action plan, you end up with um, a much deeper sense of community and understanding that comes out of really sad situations and very difficult situations. But we would imagine a much greater sense of community and a stronger fabric of that community moving forward. I love it. Uh, you know, thank you for joining me. Before we go, how can people find out more about you, find out more about Restorative Circles, and let folks know again when you're going to be speaking uh, so that folks can can join you? All right. So um, on the justice segment, there will be um – First of all, there will be another speaker, um, Sylvia Clute, who will be speaking about restorative justice more generally, and she's also a restorative circles practitioner. That will be Saturday morning. I'll be talking about our local justice initiatives, including this restorative circles pilot project at 5 o'clock at the University of Washington on Saturday. And if you can't make it to that, um, and, and by the way, we'll also have some other um, local justice initiatives, including the Freedom Project that's working with um, individuals in prison to create new opportunities for them um, to have new skills coming out of there so they're successful and so the whole society transforms as well. Um, there's also Restorative Bainbridge and other projects in the area that we want to celebrate. Uh, if you're unable to attend the event, you can also go onto the Compassionate Action Network website and um, look up the Restorative Circles Seattle. We've just entered, we've just posted this. It's a new pilot project, but it'll be a way for us to generate some conversation and develop a community that wants to move forward with this. We're seeking pilot project partners, and if people are interested in learning more about Restorative Circles, I am doing a, I have a learning opportunity and a workshop at Center for Spiritual Living on October 1st. It's an all-day workshop, and you can register online through Center for spiritualliving.com. I love it. Thank you, Andrea. Let's take a short break. When we come back, everyone, I'm going to share and read one of the most incredible, let's just call it messages, from a gentleman by the name of Og Mandino. We'll be right back. Imagine a chocolate so decadent that you'd never believe it could be good for you. Align your inner bliss with Mother Nature's magic. The power of cold-pressed cocoa by Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Shasai is everything you ever dreamed healthy should taste like. We combine unprocessed cocoa with acai and blueberry for an unbeatable high-oxidant powerhouse. Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Visit us at lifesaverchocolate.com or call 888-287-2011. Get inspired. 
Create the life you desire with internationally known radio host and motivational speaker, Sue London. Sue inspires millions of people to overcome difficult or traumatic situations in their lives. People feel hope, courage, and are ready to move forward after hearing Sue speak. Book motivational speaker Sue London for your next event at AskSueLondon.com. That's AskSueLondon.com. As many as 96% of Americans are extremely deficient in iodine. Hi, this is Paul from Sea and Earth Nutrition. Thankfully, there's a simple step many of us are already taking to help boost the protective benefits of iodine within the thyroid and literally every cell within our body, Emerald Sea. Emerald Sea is a rich and rare natural source of iodine from the most nutrient-dense species of seaweed on the planet. If there's enough iodine in our bodies, radioactive fallout is no longer able to concentrate in the thyroid and it will simply pass through. This is just one of the many benefits of natural food-based iodine. It not only helps to ensure proper operation of the thyroid and our entire endocrine system, it helps to protect this vital gland from the dangers of radioactive fallout. Knowing this, we can take prudent precautionary steps to protect ourselves and loved ones from any potential radioactive dangers, including those we already face every day. To purchase Emerald Sea, visit C, that's S-E-A, and Earth.com. We want the best. Calling everyone who loves to help others and anyone involved in health and wellness out there. We are interviewing now for your chance to become a board-certified life coach and earn fabulous money for helping people release weight, clear negative emotions, and increase prosperity and self-worth. If you're selected, you'll take this amazing seven-day intensive hypnosis, NLP, and timeline training, along with the very best Every Word Has Power coaching certification here in Seattle from September 19th through the 25th with award-winning, best-selling author Yvonne Oswald. Call Yvonne now to book your interview. Claim your Dr. Pat 40% discount and tell her why you should become a power coach at 800-681-1780. That's 800-681-1780. Are you at a crossroads? Feeling stuck? I'm Karen Hager, the Fog City Psychic. My gift is helping people who are in transition receive spirit-led guidance about their next steps. I offer private sessions via phone or Skype, intuitive development classes, and much more. Please visit my website, fogcitypsychic.com, to find out how I can help you move out of the fog. <laughs> 